0: Europe's elite competition grips the world of soccer every season. We examine the data across some of the biggest matches soccer has to offer and assist you in finding value in Pinnacle's unrivaled betting markets. This is the Champions League betting blueprint. We're thrilled that Champions League football is back and we're even more happy that the UCL betting blueprint returns for yet another season here on Pinnacle. Gareth Wheeler, Andrew Beasley, Jake Osgathorpe with you to take you through this year's competition. We'll go through the groups, maybe potentially have an outright play or two, and we'll take a look ahead to the first match week in the Champions League. It's the last one, at least in this format, Andrew. Are you ready for the group stage to commence?
1: I am. I mean, obviously we're going to cover the groups in a moment. I don't think there's too many that are that, are that exciting, which, which tends to happen in the Champions League these days. You sort of see a lot of repeat ties and stuff like that. There is obviously one group which stands out a mile. But other than that, you know, interest a little bit thin on the ground. But of course, there's bound to be some shocks that we, uh, we won't have anticipated.
0: Jake, are you going to miss the group stage when it's gone, done and dusted next season?
2: Um, very torn on that actually because last season's group stage was really good um, I just think the quality of the overall competition was higher some bigger named teams involved we're missing quite a few of them this time including Andrews Liverpool who haven't made the Champions League which is probably why he's not so much looking forward to it but yeah this season's <laughs> group stage is on paper anyway um, well for probably a handful of the groups is a, a bit of a formality I, I think I suspect I'm sure it won't work like that but You know there might be a few bumps on the way, but I still expect the favourites to qualify in most of the groups. Um, But yeah, intrigued to see what happens next year. We were just talking off air. uh, It's going to be one massive table, basically teams playing ten games instead of six. Um, Don't know where that's going to fit into the schedule. Don't know. Don't know who's going to. You know what? Where? Where they're going to make room for those extra games? But um, I guess if it increases the quality, if it you know gives us more good football. As a as a watcher, we'll be happy. I'm sure the players are probably a little bit scratching the head. More football. Cheers.
0: I think I think it's more the more the managers. Uh, you know, for us sitting at home having more games to, to bet on and to analyze and look at. I mean, it's all good from my perspective, but I understand the other side of the coin as well. Uh, last year's champions, Manchester City, won on to win the Champions League, but we did see some surprises and that. Could potentially play out again this season. Napoli's dream run through the competition in the group stage in a group with Liverpool and Ajax coming out on top, them making a deep run. The two uh, Milan sides, Inter and AC Milan, going on deep runs as well. So there were some surprises. Atletico Madrid being knocked out in the group stage. Uh, Barcelona finding themselves uh, relegated down to the Europa League. So there were still some surprises last season. Uh, Juventus, of course, being dumped out at the group stage as well. So we'll, we'll see if maybe something simple, similar plays out this time as well. Andrew, you alluded to it. Group F is the one that's got all the buzz, is getting all the attention. PSG, Newcastle, AC Milan, and Borussia Dortmund on pinnacle. Uh, you can... Take a look at the futures play. The group plays as well. Group F to go on and win the group. PSG at plus one hundred and five. New, Newcastle at plus two thirty seven. Milan at plus four sixty five. And Dortmund at plus five twenty one. A group where PSG probably rightly so um, the front runners. The the odds on side to go on and win this group. How do you look at this uh, quote unquote group of death and? Could things be straightforward for PSG or there's, are, are there really some twists and turns that really could play out here in this group?
1: Yeah, I think I think there could be. I think this is incredibly difficult to, to call. Um, obviously, Newcastle are sort of the unknown factor in this. They had a really good season last year in the Premier League, you know, deserved their um, top four finish based on the underlying metrics and stuff like that. But this is obviously a you know a huge step up compared to, to most of the teams they will have been playing um, you know last season. I was looking at the sort of underlying numbers from from last season. The expected goal difference per 90. Newcastle actually had the best of these four teams, at 0.85. But Dortmund 0.82, PSG 0.79. I mean, there's there's nothing between those. You know, that's a, a goal every 30 games or something. And then Milan 0.47 theoretically, the weakest based on that. But of course, they have the experience of going to the to the semi-final last season, which, uh, which probably counts for something. You know, you, you look at Newcastle and I could certainly see them getting through this group. I could also see them losing most of the games as well. I mean, it, it is incredibly difficult to call. I'm confident that PSG will get through. Beyond that, I'm really not sure. Jake?
2: Um, I am staggered that Newcastle are second favourites to win this group. Um, as you'll know from the EPL Insights podcast, I'm a Newcastle fan. I'm a Newcastle believer, but I think this is a big step up for them. Um, so I definitely would like to oppose them. And, and to be honest, it's it's a good thing and a bad thing. Um, obviously I, I think the odds are wrong, but that means that we get value elsewhere. Um, you know, that I've looked, just mentioned it there, AC Milan um, are an interesting team. They've been really busy this uh, off season, bringing in um, good young players. Um, not so much to strengthen the starting eleven. A couple of players have come in to strengthen the eleven, but it, just to give them a little bit more depth. So they brought in Christian Pulisic, who you know people will say he was rubbish at Chelsea. Um, he had his moments. I think there's a player in there still. Um, he started the season really well. It has to be said. Um, Samuel Chakwesi is coming from Villarreal as well, another winger. Yunus Musa from Valencia. Um, signing Randers from um, the Eredivisie Loftus-Cheek's gone over there he's walked into the starting 11 he's looked really good at the start of this season uh, and they brought in Noah Okafor as well the striker to almost the next kind of number 9 for when Olivier Giroud does eventually hang up his boots Um so they, they've got a squad I really like the look of they've got the experience as we've said got to the semi-finals last season Um and I guess the best bit of business that they've done is they've kept Raphael Liao at the club. They've signed him to a long-term contract, and he is unplayable at times. Um, when he's on his game, if you, I think it was was it the second or first or second leg against Napoli last season in the in the quarterfinals, he absolutely terrorised them. And there's every chance he does that in this group, to uh, whether it be Kieran Trippier at Newcastle. Um, I'm not expecting much from Dortmund. Um, but yeah, I, I like the look of Milan, um, but I think PSG are the bet to win the group at plus 105. Um, the reason being, I know we, we had this discussion last season at the start, the fact they got a new manager in, uh, in Galtier, that things were potentially going to change. It um, wasn't the case because they still had three pre-Madonna's basically stood up front, not doing any tracking back, not doing any pressing as a team. Um, this time around, it is completely different, completely different. Two of them have gone. Messi and Neymar out the door. Mbappe, from all the saga off-season, has signed a new contract. He has stayed. Uh, they're building the team around him. And they've got Luis Enrique, a manager who's got a lot of experience dealing with superstars. He was the manager in charge of Barcelona um, when they won the Champions League in 2015. He had a front three of Messi, Neymar and Suarez. And you know, that was probably one of the most selfless teams you'll ever watch. Um, so if he can bring that kind of stability to this PSG team who have gone from a Galactico's approach to a much more sensible approach, shall we say, in, in signing younger, hungry players who are, you know, with a core of French players, bringing in like Colin Moani, um up front. Obviously, Usman Dembele is coming as well. So they've got an all French front line. Uh, Marco Essentio on a free transfer looks like a good bit of business for a bit of backup brought in Ugarte from Sporting Lisbon, which I think is a really solid signing um, in midfield, a real destroyer that can potentially break a game for them. Um, so, yeah, I like the look of him. And I, I, the main thing for me is they've Kept Mbappe, who is if not, you know, he, he's one of, if not the best player in the world. And he's a difference maker. And I, I think that, that he will make a difference in this, in this group. And the way in which they, they've started this season, um, they're much more controlled. They, they don't look as easy to play against PSG. They, uh, they've not had the easiest of schedules either in League 1 and they've come through it pretty well. Um, so yeah, I've seen a lot of positives about PSG. And then, yeah, just a little touch on Dortmund because they they are very opposable. Again, um, it's a big name, obviously, in German football, in the Champions League, but they've lost Jude Bellingham, who was the best player. Um, Raphael Guerrero was probably the second best player. He's gone to buy Munich. Um, three games so far this season. Obviously, we're recording this just at the end of the international break. They've played FC Köln, Borkum and Heidenheim and they've won just once. Um, three teams that will finish in the bottom half of the Bundesliga and they've won just once. So that shows their current level. So for me, it's PSG and AC Milan is the way I'm looking at this group.
0: Yes. Is a PSG at plus 105? Is that a bettable range for you, Andrew? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Jake's made a
1: very good case there, and um, as I say, they're the sort of team I'm most certain about in this group. So, um, yeah, I think that's definitely one to go for. Jake, and is that your play?
2: Yeah, that's my play. Um, it's PSG to win the group plus one and five. Um, if there was a qualify market, I would also be back in Milan to qualify because they would also be a plus number, given that Newcastle are the second favourites. But um, at the moment, Pinnacle don't have that. Up. It
0: just seems outrageous that PSG have a difficult group. Messi, Neymar, Verratti, among others. There's been considerable change in this side. The manager's gone, Luis Enrique, now in charge. But now is the time to go with PSG. I fully understand what you're saying. Um, I'm staying away from this group altogether, gentlemen. I just I, I just don't have that trust in how quickly it may come together. I, I, I wouldn't put it past Dortmund figuring things out and, put, and getting on a run of form newcastle and ultimate x-factor going to st james's park is not going to be easy for any of these sides i think that there is some qualitative advantage for ac milan playing newcastle first at home i think that's a good fixture that if they can get off to a good start newcastle a little bit of a wobble to start the season playing some tough teams a tough schedule oftentimes the way that the games fall matter and i do think that ac milan to come out of this group is a decent play as well um but in terms just, of group winner i just that's something that jake for me i just avoid
2: yeah no and that's that's understandable um the other things i forgot to mention obviously psg the transfer business didn't stop at usman dembele and Muani. they actually bought gonzalo ramos yeah. who scored loads of goals for Benfica. they brought lucas hernandez in From Bayern Munich, who will be playing that inverted, that kind of tight left back, which he played for France during their World Cup run. Um, And they brought in Milan Skriniar from Inter Milan, who obviously got to the Champions League final last year. So they've strengthened pretty much across the field. Um, You know, they obviously got rid of Neymar for a a decent fee. I think Messi went on a free transfer in the end, but they've they've spent that money well. Um, Newcastle, the other thing that I, the stat that I really kind of want to look at is that they are untested at this level. Like obviously, we know they've not been in the Champions League for years. They they were really good against teams in the Premier League last season who finished eighth and below. So, outside the top seven. They won 16, drew 10. They didn't lose to any of them. But against the teams above them, they did struggle. So, the better teams, they went uh, three, four and five. So, they won three, drew four, lost five against the better teams in the Premier League. Um, as I've said, I've got my question marks about Dortmund. But Milan and PSG, I would put them in that, that category of team that would in my opinion, be better than Newcastle that they may struggle against uh, big time based on that record. So whether that's something tactically that Eddie Howe needs to change in those big games, um, obviously they've already happened. They've lost to Liverpool and Brighton this season, two teams who finished in that top seven as well. So um, yeah, there, there's there's too many question marks for me about Newcastle. And, and like I said at the start, yep. Newcastle's price means that we've got inflated prices about everyone else because I, I would back PSG down to probably minus 120. I think that, that should be that stronger favourite.
0: At, at the same time, I would say that Newcastle, for me, Andrew, probably is the best midfield in this group. That's my, that's my one question about PSG. Zaire Emery, he's only 17. Uh, he, he's, he started the, the, the last game for PSG. We'll see what that midfield makeup looks like. Ugarte, Vitina, um, I'm not quite sure. I think that Milan can be competitive in that area as well. Of course, Tonali playing against his former side in potentially that first Champions League game as well. Uh, anything else to add on this group, Andrew?
1: No, not particularly. I mean I'm, I sort of, I think I've side more with you than than Jake possibly on on Dortmund having more of a chance. Um, it's interesting they've got Newcastle in the sort of double header in the in the middle of the group. That might go a long way to determining if either of those teams can can make it um, as you say, how the fixtures fall plays a plays a huge part, but um, no I think it sounds like Jake and I are agreement in PSg certainly
0: Jake, any other groups that catch the eye, obviously, none of them are sexy as group. F, the group of death, we all <laughs> like to call it. Uh, any other groups catch your eye in terms of maybe a place where there might be some value? You're expecting it to be competitive? I'll, I'll, I'll let you take it away.
2: Yeah, there's a couple. Um, I'll start with Group D because I think Group D is the, the closest in terms of quality between the teams, which is basically how the bookmakers have priced it. Uh, the favorite for the group is Inter Milan at minus 111. Um, I think Inter are a bet, even though they're the favorite at minus 111. Um, good side, we saw that in their run to the final last year um, they've lost a couple of players, obviously yeah. Lukaku's no longer there, Yard's no longer there, but they brought in Marcus Turam, who I think is a very good signing, he started really well his link up with Latura martinez looks really solid um, through the first three games in Serie A, they've won all three as well they're yet to concede, score an abundance of goals um, and you know obviously Onana's left but they brought in Jan Sommer who I think is a decent sc- stopgap at the very least, I don't think he'll be there for the long term Benjamin Pavard comes in at centre-half instead of Skriniar, and they've generally added a bit more depth. So, Juan Cuadrado's come in um, to provide some cover at right wing-back for Denzel Dumfries, which was an area they struggled with last year. If you remember, Matteo Darmian had to play out there a few times, which is not exactly the attack-minded wing-back you would like to see. Um, and they brought in, do you remember, Alexi Sanchez?
1: I do. He's back
2: at Inter Milan. Um, he actually scored 14 goals and registered three assists for Marseille last season. They brought him back on a free transfer for a bit of backup and attack. And do you remember Marco Onoutovic? Yes,
0: I do. And he's leading he the is, line. He's the new guy.
2: Yeah, he's back at Inter Milan. Um, he's he's obviously not going to start, but you know the former Stoke lad, people will be laughing that you know, how can you back a team that's got Marko mark He was very good for Bologna last season, oh, yeah. like under the radar, 10 goals in an average team, 0.5 expected goals per 90 minutes. So he's consistently getting on the end of good chances. Um, so again, he'll be a good option player, potentially off the bench, maybe in some rotation for some Serie A matches, depending on the group goes. Um, but yeah, for me, I just think these are the, they're, they're the best team in this group by a mile, especially given the, the, the business Benfica have done losing Gonzalo Ramos, uh, I think it's huge. We don't know much about the striker that's coming in to replace him. Um, it's Arthur Cabral's the person they've signed, but he hasn't actually been starting. Um, it's been some other lad. Oh, I forget his name. But um, generally, they recycle players really well at Benfica, and I do trust them to do that. I just think that the way in which Inter Milan handled them over two legs last season was showed the the kind of... It was almost like the, old, the, the master versus the apprentice. It was a bit of an old man in kind of experienced doing over over two legs. like The youthful exuberance of Benfica, the all-out attacking nature of them really was picked apart by a very um, astute inter-team, and I I do expect the same. Sosciadad and Salzburg, I personally think they'll be fighting for third place. Um, have obviously, they've got no David Silva for the entire season, which is a big blow for them. Um, And Salzburg generally struggle at this level. Um, They've they've got out the group stage once in their entire history, so Um, I liked Inter at minus 111. I thought that's a bet.
0: Yet, this Benfica side, they do have a player, you've probably heard of him, Angel de Maria, has come into the side. Uh, he, he can still play a little bit, and they've been starting up for his not just Cabral, be <laughs> Musa as well. They replenish better than most this Benfica side, and they did go on to win a group featuring PSG and Juventus last time around. It seems like they're just built for this competition to win the group on Pinnacle plus two seventeen. Sociedad at plus five oh three, Salzburg at plus eight oh five. Are you aligned with Jake here, Andrew? That Inter should be considered. The standout of this group or is there room for a Benfica or even a Sociedad, a team that won a group in the Europa League last season that featured Manchester United to come on and potentially make some noise?
1: Well, I think into probably to win the group, um, as we've said, we don't have the to qualify odds at this point, but I was yeah, possibly intrigued by uh, Sociedad to qualify ahead of Benfica after they finished fourth in the league last season. And as you say, they won five out of six in their Europa League group last season, including at Old Trafford. Um, and I think they've definitely got a chance. Um, as uh, Jake said, you know, Benfica have lost their, their best forward. Um, Sociedad brought in Andre Silva on loan. I mean, he scored 29 goals in 34 games for Frankfurt a couple of years ago. Didn't work out for him at Leipzig, but obviously, you know, he's had quality in the past and he's sort of proven that. So, um, yeah, I think Sociedad uh, definitely in the battle to, to qualify, but I, I agree with Jake. I think it's into for first place.
0: Okay. Uh, Andrew, another group for you that stands out? Um, that's a good question.
1: I think Group E um, is an interesting yes. one because I think that could be quite close as well. I'm sort of um, <coughs> excluding Celtic from that. Um, Brendan Rodgers <laughs> doesn't have a great record in the Harsh. competition two two wins from 18 games in the Champions League for for Brendan Rodgers he just doesn't seem to have the the knack for sort of European football um but I think that the battle between the other three teams could be um could be really quite interesting um Lazio hosts Atletico in the first week as well if they were to get a result you know I think most people might expect Atletico to top the group but they've had their struggles recently uh in the competition relatively and uh I say Lazio could win that first game we also know from last season Lazio played Feyenoord in the um, Europa League, 1-4-2 at home. I think they lost 1-0 away. Um, Feyenoord actually went further. though. They went, they went as far as the quarterfinals and only went out in extra time to, to Roma. So I'm sort of wondering if Feyenoord could be a decent bet to qualify. Again, you know, we don't have the odds, but that's one that um, I'd definitely be thinking about once they're available.
0: I think this is my favorite bet of the group stage. Lazio to win Group E at plus 250. They did very well in Serie A last season. They've already beat Napoli away from home 2-1 this season. Um, The the signing of uh, Kamada on a free, it's just I I can't believe that he wasn't a hotter commodity in terms of the open market. I mean, what a pickup uh for Lazio I think that this team can go on and win the group I just don't think this this that side is the side that we've seen in recent years we saw that little bit of a slide especially in the Champions League last year um I'm just not sure how strong they are and Lazio could be the best team in this group and at plus 250 that's a number that I will be getting behind on pinnacle Jake what are your thoughts
2: I couldn't disagree more um Perfect. I really couldn't. I I think Atletico Madrid are a bet at minus 155. I really do. Um, Wow. I I think, well, just for some stats and some context. um, Yes, they were poor in the Champions League last season, but they were also poor in the Liga before the World Cup break. After the World Cup break, they picked up the most points in the Liga. They racked up the second most expected points and the second most expected goals for per game at one99 so literally, it was a season of two halves for Atletico Madrid, and they've started this season the way in which they finished last season in terms of results, underlying data. Um, they've won. They, I think they, they drew a, a tough game. Um, I'm trying to think who they played. It was Villarreal, but they've scored ten times in three games. Their underlying data, as I said, really strong. To start Kano, this season.
0: They beat them seven nil last time out before the break. Yeah,
2: um, but yeah, I, I think there's a lot to like, and they've. they've last season they lost quite a few players to injuries, especially forwards. And this time around they've got um I think enough firepower to be able to make light work of of this group. And and the reason I'm not sold on Lazio is um I, I nearly I did an article on site for the Champions League group and I nearly put them in as a to qualify bet. But they finished second last season in Serie A but they overperformed by a huge margin, like an unsustainable margin. They think this they finished the seventh best team according to the underlying data. So they were extremely fortunate to even finish in the Champions League places. Um, they've lost arguably the best player, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic. He's gone to Saudi Arabia. I know Kamada's come in, but I don't think he's any kind anywhere near the kind of profile of Milinkovic-Savic. Well, that different, midfield. Pro- different profile um, of a player. And, you know, what you, they did beat Napoli, but you kind of glossed over the fact that they lost to two no-hopers in Serie A so far this season. Yeah. Um, just getting the teams up now, who they played... Um, they played against store for time. Lecce and Genoa. They lost to both of those. Um, which, yeah, like that that's ultimately is, is the Lazio experience because they were last season this is exactly the same. They were fine margin football. They didn't win the XG battle very by a wide margin in any of the matches. It was all 1-0, 2-0, 2-1. Um, and ultimately some of those results are going to go against you following campaign, which is what we've seen, because the XG totals for the first three matches 1.75 to 2.2, ended in a 2-1 defeat. 0.94 to 0.7, a 1-0 defeat. And then they won against Napoli when it was 1.04 to 1.05. So there's literally nothing between Lazio and their opponents when they play on an XG basis. And that's toss, toss, toss of a coin in terms of results. Um, I still think they qualify because I don't think fine order, uh, the, fine order, another team that massively overformed the data last season, they finished third best on expected goal difference, won Eredivisie, they lost the Dutch Super Cup to start the season. Um, they've drawn two out the gate of uh, of their four matches in in the Dutch top flight, and those two, they've not played any good teams yet either. So I've got massive question marks about Feyenoord, but I'm really confident, really bullish about Atletico's chances.
0: Okay, um, I'm still making that Lazio play despite everything that you that, head to that, head. That you've said there. I just head. I just, I, head. <laughs> I, just uh, I, I I I just think. Uh, throw out those couple early this uh, the season results, beating Napoli away from home, that, that stands out to me. And, and perhaps I'm just not as high on Atletico Madrid as you are. I agree with, with your one assessment. One final caveat. On Nord and, and Celtic, I think it's a two-horse <laughs> race and I think that Lazio can edge this.
2: Just one final caveat on that Lazio win over Napoli. That came two days after Napoli manager Giuliano Spalletti left to go manage the Italian national team. So Napoli didn't have a manager in place while well, they did. It was Rudy Garcia, a new manager in place with two days to work with the team. So I think there's a massive asterisk next to that result as well.
0: Whoa, you can't put an asterisk. That, that's not the way that it works. So we all know. Sorry. <laughs> I, i like, uh, sorry. It's not always going to be something that's going to be an analytics or an underlying number numbers, darling. Like that's just not the way that his team plays, but they're a pain to play against. And I think that they will do fine in this group. Um, should be compelling, though some big clubs involved in this group as well, so that one certainly stands out. Uh, Jake, anything else from any of the other groups that has caught your eye? Whether it's Sevilla just destined to fall down to the to, to the Europa <laughs> League and go on and win it? They're in a group with Arsenal yeah. and PSV. I am not sure where else you want to go here. There is any other groups that might not be straightforward or as straightforward as one would predict. Um.
2: Not really. I am disappointed in Pinnacle not having A to finish third uh, market up yet. Just for Severe, <laughs> just so we can back Severe to finish third. Yes. Um, yeah. Group A, I, I, it's hard to look past the two at the top of the betting um, to finish one two. Group B, I think Arsenal win the group. I do think it's a it's a tough kind of matchup to see who's going to finish second in that one. Um, Severe, PSV or Lons? I mean, we know Severe are gonna they're gonna withdraw anyway and finish third because they just love the Europa League um but yeah that for me I'm struggling to find another bet that I like um in the group winner market
0: the only the only one that group C does minus 189 on Real Madrid to win a group with Napoli Braga Union Berlin does that seem a little short for you um no a
2: li- a little bit too short um but then again like I've said the the main issue I have with that group and that particularly Napoli, I think it's a head-to-head, is they've got a new manager now in Rudy Garcia, as opposed to Spalletti, who won the title with them last season. So that's a massive risk you're taking on Napoli basically picking up and doing what they did last season with a different coach. So, um, yeah, was we know what Real Madrid are. Yes, they've not got a striker, but they are making it work because they've got such good players
0: around them. Uh, Andrew, anything else from the group stage? Uh,
1: not really. I mean, I just think Group B, um, yes, Arsenal to top it. I think... Um, whether Sevilla deliberately try and get third or not, I think um, PSV have got a good chance of going through. They beat Arsenal two 0 at home last year in the Europa League, only lost one nil away, and it was you know fairly strong Arsenal sides. It wasn't sort of you know reserves in the Europa League or anything like that. And um, I think with uh, with the transfer business they've done, they've got some you know experience and stuff in. So I think PSV are probably a good bet to to finish second in that group. But um, but other than that, no, I think. I think a lot of the groups are going to finish pretty much as the odds imply that's certainly how it looks at this stage yeah
0: I was hoping and praying that Manchester United would have a bigger number than plus 217 final game of the group stage at home against Bayern Munich it's going to be fantastic at Old Trafford plus 217 I just can't do it Galatasaray by the way plus 1318 Copenhagen plus 3596 so two considerable favorites in group A uh, Bayern Munich United um it should be it should be really special over the course of the group stage yeah. as well
2: galatasaray
0: are, um if you look at their
2: team on paper you probably would fancy them to ma- oh, you could fancy got them got some to good make players yeah um they've they've gone all out shall we say they've got wilfred zahar Dries Mertens smithers uh lucas Torreira, former arsenal central midfielder um i think Davidson sanchez and tangate and domble have both rocked up there as well so on paper, there's a team there that could maybe cause a few problems, but when it comes to the Turkish clubs in Europe,
0: it very rarely works. Right. Uh, Bayern Munich simply don't lose in the group stage. Like They, they don't lose. So um, betting against them, it's a it's a yep. fool's game to bet against them not winning Group A. What about the outright market gentlemen? The title holders, Manchester City at plus 201, Bayern Munich plus 502, Real Madrid plus 724, then Arsenal, Barcelona, PSG, and Manchester United, then following the odds on Pinnacle. Andrew, anything in terms of the outright market that stands out for you? Um.
1: Not massively. I mean, I think Manchester City are obviously um I think they're basically streets ahead of of everybody else. Um so I'm not sure if you can really go against them with, with any of the other teams. I mean when you look at the um a lot of sort of recent semi finalists, let's say, from the competition aren't even in the aren't even in the group stage. You know, Liverpool as we've touched on and you know, Chelsea and stuff like that are winners really recently. They're not in it at all either. So Man City have got a pedigree that only Real Madrid can probably um, match. So I think if I was going to go anywhere else at this point, it would probably be with Real Madrid. But when you look at sort of rating the teams, I mean, if you use the um, LO system, I mean, you know, Manchester City are so far ahead of everybody else. Like normally the the team who is leading the LO rankings is sort of 30 to 50 points ahead of, Um, you know, the next best team. Well, Manchester City are 131 points ahead of the next best team, and the next best team is Liverpool, who aren't even in it. So they're so far ahead of everybody else that I think it becomes difficult to to make a strong case at this point for any other team. Now, obviously, things can change. We always say it in the first Champions League podcast, it's a long time until until the knockout phase gets underway. But Clearly, Manchester City are still going to be as good then as they are now, you would think. Can anyone close the cup that much? I'm not sure they can.
0: Jake, do you agree with that? Because I, I agree with what Andrew had to say about a, a lot of that. If I was to make a play on anyone, it would probably be Real Madrid at plus 724. Um, but is there enough there to, make, to give you any confidence to go on to make that play?
2: No, I was also looking at Real Madrid, but the main thing that puts me off is the fact that they don't have a striker. Um, They're effectively playing Jude Bellingham as almost like a, not quite a false nine, but the the top of a diamond to to kind of fill that void. And he's doing a great job. He's scoring goals, but um, when he gets deeper in the competition, I I think that not having Benzema there or any half-decent striker will be an issue. Um, And at that number, that does put me off. You're talking Josselu, who you know, was also a former Stoke player who is the second choice strikers to play for um for Real Madrid. He may even start depending on how Vinicius Jr.'s injury um recovery is coming because that might force his hand to play Rodrigo at one side and uh, another winger out the other. So yeah, that that's my major concern with Real Madrid. There's every chance, as Andrew said, that they go into the market in January by a striker. Every chance that happens um, if they're in a position where they feel like they're in a real tight title battle with Barca uh, and that might push them over the edge. So, yeah, they, they, they that for that reason, I don't think I'd be parting with my money to back Real Madrid, even with all the heritage. Um, on the flip side, you've got Bayern Munich at plus 502, who I've just signed probably, you know, the second best striker in the world, Harry Kane. Um, it's still early days in the Thomas Tuchel reign. There's always the question mark about Bayern Munich defensively. Um, I would have felt much more confident about taking them at this price if the if Shao deal would have gone over the line because they would have had mm. a proper solid base in that midfield then to kinda of let everyone else just go and do their thing. So there's still that question mark there. Um Arsenal too short, simply too short. Um Barcelona were the interesting one for me at plus thirteen ninety seven. So just under plus fourteen hundred. Um they've got a you know striker that's proven at this level. They've got a really deep squad as well now. Um Xiao Cancelo's come in, they've got Xiao Felix as well. Um obviously Laminha Miles been getting a lot of Ray Reviews, the young guy from La Masia. Um, Gundogan is in the midfield now alongside Frankie de Jong. Um, Gavi, Pedri. Um, they've got the young left-back, Balde. Um, it's just a case of can Xavi get all those pieces fit, to fit together? And I still don't know; think he knows his best team. So um, that would be my question mark about them. If he figures out what his best team is, they will be dangerous because I think they've got the capacity to... To go deep in the competition. And they've got an easy group, which is always something we want to look at at this stage of the campaign. You want to get a team that's kind of, you want you expect to get out of the group. Um, and yeah, the other one I, I like the look of is Atletico. Um, for the reasons I said before, I think they're performing in a really, really strong manner. They had a dip at the back end of 21-22 into the start of 22-23, uh, but they're well out of that now. And they are looking, they're trending to be a team that can compete for the Liga title. If they can do that, then they can compete at this level as well.
0: Yeah, uh, the only other side I wanted to mention was AC Milan at plus thirty two seventy eight. Just it's that yeah. group. It's burned me before. I I, I, I fancy Barcelona last year in the Champions League. They were the third best of three in their group. Ended up going down. It's just a little bit of a difficult proposition when you have um, a group where there are those unknown variables. So, um, but I, I I do like. AC Milan's chances to do something in this term, if they can get out of their group, um, and at that point, yeah. it remains an F. Uh, shall on the, we look on the
2: same lines there? So I was just going to say on the same lines that PSG's price looks quite big as well at plus fourteen hundred. If does, they were in an easier group, if they were in an easier group, they would be probably plus eight fifty maybe. Um, but because they're in a tougher group then you get an inflated price and and if if they are what i think they are then they will again surprise quite a few people this season.
0: I, I was a little bit surprised that Arsenal had shorter odds in Barcelona to to be, to be honest with you. Um yeah. that that caught me by surprise. Uh but obviously um the, the hype train the, the public are backing Arsenal and they've got off to a decent start to the season. Uh, I I'm just not one of those but uh there you go.
2: I'm surprised you're not doing this recording with the I fade Arsenal t-shirt on
0: <laughs> it's, it's in the wash right now it's in the wash uh, All right. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it out bring it out next week it's it's right next to the uh, I fade Newcastle shirt as well that's <laughs> the, 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 somewhere in the bid as well uh, game week one or match week one um, the slate of games Andrew um, is there a game that you like a play that you like in terms of the first match week
1: I mean, in terms of games that I like, I mean, I think Bayern against Man United is probably the the game of the week, isn't it? I think that's the most interesting one. Um, but whether there's a play to be had, I'm not sure. I, I would expect quite a few goals in there. Um, you know, it's over 3.25. The line is set at currently at plus 100. That is a high line, but I, I'm not sure. I, it wouldn't surprise me if that happened. I mean, obviously, we know... Ten Hag's United have tend to struggle away from home against um, tough teams. They've obviously had some some bad luck in some of those games, but I could easily see there being over three point two five um, goals in that game potentially, or at least three. Um, so you wouldn't take a take a huge hit necessarily. Um, but uh, I think that's that's probably the best game, isn't it? I mean, is there any others that particularly stand out? Do you think?
0: Well, I, I was just gonna I was just gonna mention on this, despite how poor United are against good competition. Uh, in the premier league in the the europa league last season uh, other than the the game where they completely capitulated away to sevilla like their arguably their best performance of the season was in in the draw at at the at, at the camp nou against barcelona mm-hmm. so i'm not sure if european form away form is different than premier league form or what makes it different but they were right up for that game against barcelona last season and with with, with with some real competitors in this team, I mean, this trip to Munich is going to be big. Um, I'm not sure that you can just discount Manchester United based upon their away form in the in the Premier League. Is that a game that you're you're drawn to at all, Jake? What what do you make of that?
2: Um, yeah, I I agree with Andrew. I I, I think the goal line. I was also looking at buying on the handicap. Um I don't rate this Man United team's chances very highly at all against Bayern Munich. You mentioned the um, the Barca game last year and I had to look it up because I had a feeling that there was, um, like, a, it was a really weird Barcelona defence and I was right. Marcus Alonso played centre-half that day he did. Um, with Araujo, uh, who's a right-back by trade. So, yeah, that, that that's, obviously, that's not the only reason why Manchester United p- performed well and <laughs> got a good result. Um, but, yeah, that, that's definitely had something to do with it. I think this Bayern team will be banged up for this um, and... Yeah, I think they've just got a little bit too much quality, especially at home. Um, I still don't I still think Ten Hog's stuck in a kind of they're almost in a, a mini transition within a transition, Man United, where, you know, they've gone from manager to manager. It's now gone from playing almost a pragmatic winning football, which they did last season. So very rarely did they went and got blown out last season, to much more or trying to play a bit more expansive and be a bit more open and play a bit more flair. Um, and they seem to be caught in the two at the minute, but he wants to play one, but he doesn't quite have all the players to do it, but they don't want to revert back to the other one. So they will go to Bayern Munich and try and win the game. I've no doubt about that. And I think that that means they will get picked off.
0: I would also like to point out uh, Jake's anti Manchester United sentiment. Uh, Luke Shaw played centre back <laughs> for Manchester United that game, as well Isn't as starters. Isn't that his best position? As, lo- as well as starters. <laughs> Fred and Weghorst started up top. Well, actually, he played underneath Marcus Rashford in that game. So yeah. there's always the counter to the counter. So nice try there, uh, Jake. <laughs> I-, I-, I saw what you're doing. and uh, United played their best football with
2: Weghorst that. in the team
0: for about month and then guess what the clock struck midnight and he turned back into a pumpkin uh and 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 that's generally what happens i i do think that there are some the the other big game andrew um milan and newcastle um milan to win plus 146 plus 253 for the draw plus 178 on pinnacle uh for a newcastle win. how do you prognosticate this one, because Newcastle have a tough game against Brentford this weekend. Need to get it right in the Premier league after an early season wobble here. So these are two big games back to back for the Geordies, isn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. And the uh, AC Milan win at that price looks very appealing for the reasons that um, Jake was mentioning earlier and that Newcastle weren't actually that good against the, the better teams last season. And we've seen that they've, they've not been so far this season. So, That looks to be um, a very enticing price. I think a lot of these ones are, uh, you know, as we've sort of said, a lot of the Newcastle prices um, and possibly Arsenal as well are just sort of favouring them a bit too much. So um, that definitely looks like an interesting one to me because, as you say, there's sort of little evidence that Newcastle can um, avoid defeat in that sort of game and particularly with the way they've started this season.
0: Jake, anything there or elsewhere? I'm guessing you're on Atletico Madrid, Lazio. Atleti to a win away from home is plus 150. Lazio plus 190 for home win, plus 228 on the draw. Um, is that a game that you're looking at?
2: Yeah, um, the Milan game, I'm going to take Milan on the handicap, uh, plus plus no. Uh, it's drawn a bet, basically, at minus 125. The reason I'm doing that is because, as well as Newcastle having a big game at the weekend, Milan playing the Milan derby on Saturday. So they've got back-to-back big games as well. Um, so that's my only kind of caution around AC Milan, otherwise I would be all over. If they were playing, you know, Bologna or somebody at home, I would be all over taking Milan to win. But because it's the Milan Derby, um, I'm just going to take the draw no bet. And the same bet with the Atletico Madrid game as well. Um, minus 128 for Atletico draw no bet away at Lazio. Um, for all the reasons I mentioned before, I just think they're a really strong team. They're really purring at the moment. They found a bit of a a bit of form um, after the World Cup break, and yeah, they're, they're they're definitely a team I want to get on side. Um, yeah, they, I think they picked up maybe a few injuries in the international break, but not not enough to to concern me. Um, Alvaro Morata leading the line, and people will laugh again. It's Alvaro Morata. We sorted in the in the Premier League; it wasn't great, but the bloke's scoring for fun at the minute. Um, I think he scored four and three in the Liga. Uh, he sort of hat trick the other day for Spain as well. So it's always nice when your strikers scoring goals.
0: Anything else in terms of uh, match day one plays for you, Andrew? Any other games that jump off the page?
1: Just one that, um, obviously, the the group of death we keep talking about, but PSG against Dortmund, PSG minus 0.75 on the handicap is minus 125, um, which looks, even as though I've got perhaps a bit more faith in Dortmund than, than Jake, I think that looks, a good, that looks a good price because I can't see anything really other than a PSG win and, and probably a handsome one, so... That's one that caught my eye. Um, and obviously that will tell us a lot, I guess, about the group in a way, because if PSG completely steamroller Dortmund, well, can we then potentially write them off? It's more something to learn from perhaps. But I think, a, as I say, that handicap price looks like a good one to me.
0: Manchester City were thoroughly dominant through the Champions League last year. Away from home in the group stage, they did draw Copenhagen. There was a couple of odd ones. But playing at home against Red Star Belgrade, Minus three is the handicap. Minus one hundred seven is—is that a cover for, for for City? Like, how high could that number go where you wouldn't make that bet?
2: Um, I wouldn't back. I wouldn't back it over minus two personally. Um, I just—you don't know with Pep. It's Pep. They beat Leipzig 7-0 last changes. year in the
0: Champions League, right? Like, I mean, I, I know. They, they probably will there. win
2: handsomely. They probably will win handsomely, but. Are you willing to take the risk that they win at minus three on the end, especially when there's other games knocking around that there's equal value and you don't have to take as much risk? Um, you know, for, for example, Red Star player could be running through, John Stones pulls him down, he's sent off after 10 minutes. He, you know, th- those things happen and then he minus three, it could still come in, but it's, it's out the window effectively. So, um at that high line i'm happy to leave that alone personally
0: i mean a, a lot of the recreational betters would see a, see a uh, you know a game like that and they put city on a parlay with 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 someone else what's your advice for for moments like this because there are some lopsided ones i mean um antwerp a decent enough side but they're going to to barcelona to play there there's there's going to be those games that the, the recreational bettor will be tempted to put into some kind of parlay uh, do you have advice for that, Jake? Th- that type of better and how to approach the board here in the Champions League?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, the first bit of advice is go nowhere near the extremely short prices um, because, yes, they've got high likelihood of winning, but the amount of boost they give to your parlay is minimal for the risk you're taking. Um, so, for example, if you put Barcelona and Man City into a double, Man City, you're adding literally about half a percent to your overall parlay, whereas the chance, you know, the risk of taking that on is extremely high compared to the reward. So um personally, I, I, I avoid those extreme short prices. Barcelona, maybe, because they're at a, a, a minus 574, it's a much bigger price compared to the minus 2,000 and something that City are. Um, But yeah, definitely would look at putting a couple together. So I definitely would throw a buy-in in a parlay. I think that's, um for me, you're not even needing a handicap if you go in there. Bayern, um, I'd also potentially look at Benfica as well uh, at minus 249 to be at home to Salzburg. They were excellent at home in the Champions League last season. Um, Like Andrew said, PSV got good results against Arsenal last time, so I probably would avoid those at a short price. Um, Galatasaray, I don't really know what to make of them, so I'd leave them alone. Real Madrid would probably enter my parlay at minus 270 against Union Berlin. Um, Union Berlin are a very functional team. It's a fairy tale story, really, I think. Back in 2006, they were playing the fifth division of German mm. football, and now they're in the Champions League. It's absolutely remarkable. But, um, yeah, they've they got to this stage by playing... Their whole matches football. are going
0: to be something else in this group stage. Like the, just, Oh, just a bit. The,
2: There'll be all the banners, that, the fireworks, the flares. Yes.
0: yes. Um, That's what I was going to ask you, Andrew. Just, you know, those are some good, good ideas to parlay. What about home versus away in the Champions League? Are there some home sides in this? Like, Sevilla's atmosphere is renowned. They play long in their first game. Another side that's a newcomer to the Champions League. Sevilla have gone off to a nightmare start to the season, but you know they're renowned for their tournament football and they're minus one ten to beat this. How do you look at games like that? Is there a decided team or certain teams that are decidedly that much better at home in this competition versus away? And how do you approach the board for for, for teams in games like that?
1: Yeah, Sevilla at minus 110. I was just sort of mulling that over while Jake was talking. I was thinking if you come to me for another one, that, that might be one of my suggestions. I mean, my my general thing with this sort of, with that, that sort of game, if we take that as an example, I, I think it's just really difficult to to call. So, you know, my thing with this, particularly at this stage of the Champions League, you know, probably have a couple of plays, but nothing too serious or too heavy because there's just so many sort of factors to to take into consideration. You know, we could talk about how well teams started the season, but it's sort of, it's three or four games, so much sort of room for variation and stuff like that. So my overwhelming sort of advice at this stage, of the group stage, is just, you know, be cautious and, um, you know, don't go too mad on anything. Like Jay said, some of these prices are, are so short and, you know, you, you think they're all going to win. One of them will almost certainly let you down somewhere. It's just the way that it, just the way that it goes. So um, games like that, Sevilla against Lens, you know, I think Sevilla at 110 is a good price, but I'd, I'd be putting small plays on at this point.
0: Well, one other play for me that hasn't been mentioned: Napoli away from home minus one twenty-one. Opening. I know they have a new manager, um, but still, Osamun remains uh, a core group of really good players playing at Braga, a team that you're not expecting much in the Champions League at minus one twenty-one uh, away from home in that opening game. I think there's some decent value on a Napoli play here. Don't sleep on them. There's still there's still some really good players in that side, Jake.
2: Absolutely yeah the the squad is effectively the same as last season um yeah. it's just how much that manager change will affect things because Spalletti really got them playing didn't he they were absolutely fantastic in the Champions League up until the quarterfinals, coasted to the Serie A title playing some electric football um it's just yeah having him gone um how much that you know how how much of a downgrade i personally see it as a downgrade um how much of, of a downgrade is is the question um yeah, I've got one other play as well, which is a big, big number. Um, PSG to win to nil against Dortmund um, at plus 218, uh, 218. Um As I mentioned before, Enrique's generally, he's not pragmatic, but he, he does prefer control. Um, and I think that they will, we've started to see that with PSG. You know, they have conceded in three of the four league games, but clean sheet to open up, 90th minute equaliser the second game, 94th minute consolation the third game. And uh, it was a 74th minute penalty in the fourth game when they were 4-0 up at half-time. So, kind of, you could say not concentrating too much. Um, so, we are starting to see them a little bit tighter. And as I mentioned, Dortmund have really struggled to start the season. They've played three very mediocre opponents, won once and scored only four times. Um, <clears throat> and the reason being is because the the, the creation is just not there. Um, Bellingham was a huge part of that last season. Obviously, he's departed, as I mentioned before. Um Guerrero was another big part of it as an overlapping fullback, um, And yeah, the players that they brought in just aren't, you know, they've, they've not really done much. Nicholas Fulkrug was a joint top scorer in the Bundesliga last season. Um, I think he got maybe 16, so it wasn't an overly high-scoring um, top scorer gong. He's been brought in, but I think he's he's injured. I think he's picked up an injury in, uh, in the international break. Um, Sebastian Haller was good last season. Um, obviously, we, we know he didn't do too much when he was at West Ham. But just looking at the creative cast, and it's not overly explosive. It doesn't really hit you um, like it has done in recent years. So basically, just taking a negative Dortmund approach uh, and a pro PSG approach, and rather than just taking PSG on the handicap, I just thought at a bigger price, I'd a chance of win to nil.
0: Uh, Finally, unless you have any other plays you'd like to throw out there, uh, Arsenal plays PSV. These two sides did play in last season's Europa League competition. Both sides with a home win, and Arsenal only beat PSV 1-0 at the Emirates that time around. The spread is set at a goal and a half here. I know PSV have lost some players, but they still, do still have some good players in the team. Noah Lang is in the, in the team, uh, an emerging Bakayoko as well. Is there enough there that would tempt you to make a PSV play, Andrew? Or is it all Arsenal all the time? I can get you my shirt if you want. It's, it's <laughs> over here somewhere.
1: Well, as much like as I'm bit, a bit of an Arsenal um, skeptic, I think at home they're generally pretty reliable. Um, as, we've, as we've seen, you know their, their home games normally have a lot of goals. I think you know Arsenal and the overs seems to sort of pay out most weeks when they play at home and i suspect this game you know could well be something similar um as we discussed earlier yeah i think i think psv decent side did okay against them last season done some you know pretty reasonable um transfer business as we said but i would always be thinking arsenal to arsenal to win in this one
0: okay uh final words jake <laughs> anything dad
1: yeah i like the goal line in that
2: game i like it a lot uh, it's at 3-123 um like as Andrew said arsenal generally the home games are a bit mental at both ends of the pitch and psv they've they've really um caught my eye at the start of the season obviously not rangers out in the qualifying round um they did that emphatically as well I think it was 7-3 over aggregate um and they've started the ca- the campaign really strong they've they've won 7 of 8 they won the dutch cup against the champions feyenoord at uh, the super cup and they've scored 24 times in those 8 games so they are Really firing on all cylinders, and they've got Luke de Jong leading the line, who's the captain. Um, and if you know what, a, what a journey career he's had. Borussia Munch Newcastle, PSV, Sevilla. He's had a loan at Barcelona as well, and now he's back at yeah. Sevilla, uh, back at PSV. Brilliant, and he's absolutely thriving as well, which is great. Um, so yeah, I think they've got along with the good young players who you mentioned, the likes of Lang and Bakayoko, they've got a nice mixture yeah. of young, youth and experience having players like him in there. So uh, they're definitely a team to watch. Like Andrew said in the um, when we were talking through the group, I, I think PSV are probably a shout to qualify alongside Arsenal. Um, and they will contribute a lot
0: of goals to the group, that's for sure. And Sevilla back where they belong in the, the Europa League to go on and win that. Yes, please. Sevilla, Sevilla-Liverpool Europa League final. I can see it in our future. Uh, Andrew, any final <laughs> that- thoughts? Any final words? <laughs> I think we would be there before. I was trying to think...
2: Yeah, I'm sure they played. Was it 2015, Andrew? Uh, Europa Final.
1: 2016. Yeah, the end of Klopp's first sort of half season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, that's yeah. That's the only thing I want to add. Really, fingers crossed that Sevilla actually get through or somehow finish fourth because uh, yeah, as a Liverpool <laughs> fan, I do not want them to get into the Europa League.
0: Absolutely not. <laughs> Uh, you know it's it, you know it's gonna happen. You can put that out into the into the universe, but still Sevilla Europa League, it is just meant to be. We remind you, Bet <laughs> Smart, Bet Pinnacle, your trusted sportsbook pinnacle, for 25 years now, every day competitive odds for the Champions League, for the Premier League, uh, for NFL, for the NBA and NHL season, they're not too far ahead as well. Andrew, where can people follow along with your fine content and your fine, uh, fine regular picks for the Champions League and beyond?
1: Yeah, I'm on Twitter as based June to Red, so anything I write gets, uh, gets shared on there. So if people want to give me a follow, that'd be great.
0: And if you're a Liverpool supporter, it's an absolute must. Jake Osgathorpe, where, where can they follow along with you?
2: Uh, At JCOS on Twitter, writing currently for sportinglife.com. As I said, a really extensive Champions League group stage breakdown on there um, with a lot of interesting information and the picks that we've discussed on here as well.
0: If you follow along with me at gareth wheeler gareth uh, wheeler not sure if you want to because it's just me bragging about how right i am and how wrong everyone else is so it's kind of i can't way believe you works. want to make the lazio atletia heads ahead <laughs> i think we should do that we can i am happy to do that yeah? so add okay. it to the docket okay whoever goes Match on bit. to win Athletico that group, relapse, yeah. yeah it's a drive neither one of them wins so if yeah. someone else comes about um, hey but maybe it's celtic Maybe it's Celtic that go on and do something <laughs> and ruin both of our days. Could happen. That would be a huge shock. Ali Johnston, a good old Canadian boy, playing right back for Glasgow Celtic. Uh, on behalf of Andrew, on behalf of Jake, I am Gareth Wheeler. This has been the Champions League betting blueprint, and it's brought to you by Pinnacle.